It is Sunday, September 20th, 2020. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do this. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Tappas. On this week's show, I tell you about my summer vacation last week, I braved the movie theaters to see New Mutants, and I tell you all about our brand new She-Hulk. It's episode 10.21, Superhero Catch-Up. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. I'm back. Apologies to all 20 of you who listened to this that I didn't have a show last week. Uh, I went off on another impromptu RV trip with my parents. They were planning one last big trip before they put away their RV for the winter. They invited me along and I said, sure, why not? It was a good enough trip, you know, for the first leg of the trip, we went down to Innisfail. Uh, My sister just got an acreage down there, so we spent a few days parked in her front yard helping her play farmer. She's got this nice big garden, so we trimmed back the current bush that's in the middle of it and got it all ready for rototilling. So that was fun seeing my sister again. She's got a real nice place. And then after that, we went out to the Rocky Mountains. We went out to Bighorn Country, which I haven't been to for quite some time. So as we all know, Jasper is what's directly west of Edmonton. Banff is what's directly west of Calgary. Bighorn Country is what's directly west of Red Deer. There's lots of great stuff out there. There's this beautiful waterfall called Crescent Falls. Uh, There's another beautiful waterfall called Siffler Falls, but that's like a four-kilometer hike into it, eight kilometers round trip. So we didn't feel up to doing that entire hike, but still, it's just some absolutely beautiful country. You might remember uh, it was controversial a couple years ago because back when Rachel Notley was still Premier of Alberta, she proposed turning the entire region into one gigantic provincial park, but a lot of people weren't upset about that. No, they didn't like the idea of turning it into a provincial park because apparently there's a lot of off-roaders who like that territory. They love tearing up the countryside on their quads and turning it into a provincial park would have put too much rules on us, man. So now we've gone the complete other direction. We've got Jason Kenney, who is currently trying to sell off provincial parks. I'm sorry, I try to keep the politics out of this. But, you know, when you see some of this beautiful country we have here in Alberta, it's insane that we're trying not to preserve it. Especially during these pandemic times when backcountry camping seems to be one of the popular sports out there. You go down some of these trails in Bighorn Country, you'll find like three, four, five, six people who have pulled their RVs off the beaten path into the middle of nowhere and set up camp. So, I don't know, turning it into a provincial park would have made a whole lot of sense but no that infringes on our freedom man i'm sorry i'm sorry i really do try to keep this apolitical but sometimes you know my feelings just bubble out you're listening to mark chavis go do disgusting things to that boy on u62 the targ 
I still had some fun when I got home, though. I decided to brave the movie theaters and go see The New Mutants. Now, I've already talked about it a few weeks ago. I have been back to the movie theaters a few times since they reopened here in Alberta back in July. I mean, when they first reopened back in July, they were showing a whole bunch of classic films for $5. Movies I've loved all my life, but I've never seen them on the big screen. So I went to pay my $5 and I saw Back to the Future. I saw Raiders of the Lost Dark. I saw Ghostbusters. I saw Empire Strikes Back all on the big screen for the first time. But The New Mutants, this is the first time I went out there to see a new movie on the big screen. And I kind of felt an obligation to go see The New Mutants, right? This is the last Fox X-Men film. As we all know, Disney bought out Fox, and along with that, they got the movie rights to the X-Men back. So the next time we see the X-Men on the big screen, they will be a fully integrated part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is it. This caps off 20 years worth of movies that started with X-Men way back in the year 2000. I have seen every Fox X-Men movie in the theaters going all the way back to the first X-Men in Y2K. I had to see New Mutants in theaters. I had to see this to the end. It's funny, as I was reflecting on that in the drive-in, I started wondering, how long does a fandom last? You know, when I'm 80 years old and in a retirement home, will I still be sneaking out to see the new Star Wars movie? Let's just look at the present day, you know. Are there 80-year-old people out there right now who are like, I saw Dr. No back in 1962, and I've seen every James Bond movie in the theater. I got no time to die until I see no time to die. I mean, it's great if a fandom can last that long, but I know at least for me in the Fox X-Men films, it's been 20 years, and darn it, I had to see New Mutants in the theaters and see this to the end. You know, if you're worried about going out and going to the movies because of the pandemic and everything right now, do not go out for New Mutants. It is not a movie worth dying for. It is... Forget what the trailers have shown you. This is not a horror movie, okay? It's a young adult film with a few jump scares. So as a horror film, it fails miserably. And I'm not big on horror films. I got a low constitution for horror films. So when you see me calling a horror movie not scary, you know it's not scary at all. So it's more of a YA film with some jump scares. And even as YA films go, it is very cookie cutter. It is very by the numbers. It's just, eh, I've seen it all before. It has some good stuff in it, though. I mean, this is the first appearance of Lockheed the Dragon on the big screen. So, yes, the X-Men's dragon friend is there on the big screen for the first time. And any movie that features a dragon fighting a giant bear, that's good in my books. The fact that this does have a small cast, they're all confined to like a mental hospital as they learn their mutant powers. The small cast and the smaller setting does give it more of an intimate feel that a lot of superhero films don't have. But at the end of the day, it is just such a run-of-the-mill YA film that, you know, it's not worth dying for, so you don't have to head out there to the theaters to see it. 
But man, oh man, I'm kind of glad it's finally out there. New Mutants had quite the troubled production history. It was supposed to come out two years ago in the spring of 2018. I've got a buddy who loves the X-Men, and he was thrilled because 2018 was going to be the year of three X-Men movies. We were going to get New Mutants in the spring, Deadpool 2 in the summer, and Dark Phoenix in the fall. But then everything went out the window, release schedule started getting wonky. Again, with New Mutants, like I said, it's not very scary for a horror movie they wanted to do reshoots to ramp up the horror but then you know disney started buying fox and it got lost in the shuffle and those reshoots never happened so i think it's finally in theaters because disney was like let's just get this over with but i'm rambling now because i got so much knowledge about new mutants because i've been waiting for it for two years and it wasn't worth the two-year wait on my patented nib scale of zero to four nibs i give the new mutants Two nibs. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, The Targ. And now it's time for the streaming report where I update you on what I've been binging these days. Haven't been binging a lot, what you know, being out in the bush and everything. But you know what? As soon as I got back to civilization in front of my TV, I figured it was finally time to start watching cobra kai oh my gosh cobra kai is so good you guys i'm only about three episodes in it was originally on youtube premium which was going to be youtube streaming service but then you know youtube decided to get out of that business and you know stick to the cat videos they're known for so cobra kai has made the jump from youtube premium to netflix the first two seasons are now on Netflix, with the third one coming sometime in the spring. I'm only three episodes in, but I am loving it so far. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard about Cobra Kai, it is set in the world of the Karate Kid. It takes place 35 years after the Karate Kid. Our main character is Johnny. That was the uh, guy, the bully, who was beating up on Daniel-san. And now he's a washed-up, middle-aged just total screw up and he decides to turn his life around by getting the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo going again needless to say though this does not uh, sit this does not sit well with Daniel because he is now a very successful auto dealership owner this doesn't sit well with him and before you know it old rivalries are sparked anew and they're at each other's throats again i tell you this is fantastic We've all been there, you know, where we kind of have to go to someone we didn't like in our youth. And, you know, it's just they're doing better than us and it gets under our skin. It is always very awkward and it burns. And Cobra Kai captured that feeling so perfectly. I mean, I saw the memes going around. You know, there's this one meme about Karate Kid, right? You know, they make it quite clear in the rules of that final karate tournament. No flying kicks. And how does Daniel beat Johnny in the final tournament? The flying crane kick. A flying kick to the face. That's an illegal move. I saw that meme going around and I shared it and it said, if this isn't dealt with and addressed in Cobra Kai, I will be very disappointed. And it's right there in the first episode when Daniel and Johnny first see each other after like 20, 30 years or so. There's Daniel with his cronies at the dealership. Yeah, I'm always telling these guys a story about how I beat you in that karate tournament. And there's Johnny said, yeah, you won by cheating. You kicked me in the face, which was against the rules. 
And Daniel's like, well, you cheated first when you swept my leg. And I'm just like, ah, they acknowledge that. That is so awesome. So, yeah, like I said, I'm only three episodes in. So I'm waiting for the nostalgia to wear off and the uh, story to actually start coming to the center. And that's going to be really, really cool. On top of that, I've also started on some anime, gone down a bit of an anime rabbit hole. I discovered Samurai Pizza Cats is on Amazon Prime, so I occasionally watch a few episodes of that. When I first discovered it, I tweeted that I was reliving my college glory days, mainly because I used to play the theme song quite a bit on my old college radio show. For those who've never seen Samurai Pizza Cats, this is what makes it unique. Uh, when the American writers sat down, they had nothing to go on. They didn't have any translations of the Japanese scripts. They had no idea what the show was about. So they decided to make up their own story based solely on the visuals alone. And some herald the result as an absurdist comedy classic. I am one of those guys, so I love watching it again. And also the other day, I noticed that Sailor Moon was trending on Twitter, and then I looked up why. It's because the original Sailor Moon is now on Crave. So I also watched the very first episode of Sailor Moon. I might be going down that rabbit hole again. Sailor Moon has always been a guilty pleasure of mine, you know. It all goes back to the summer of 95. I was fresh out of high school, had no idea what to do next with my life. So while I was figuring that out, I was sitting on my parents' couch watching this brand new cartoon from Japan called... Sailor Moon, and I was instantly hooked. I actually remember watching Sailor Moon on TV in Japan during my year in Japan all those years ago. It was on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. I hardly ever watched it because I was never up that early on Sunday, but the couple times I was, I found it and I'm like, holy crap, it's Sailor Moon on Japanese TV. I'm living the dream. And what caught me about watching Sailor Moon on Japanese TV was it had the very same feeling as watching Rocket Robin Hood on ITV in Edmonton when I was a kid. The show just had that look, that grainy, worn-out look that says, this TV station has been showing this show forever. It was in dire need of some digital restoration, is what I was saying. So yeah, that's what I've been watching now that I'm back in civilization, and that's the streaming report. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. In a perfect world, I'd be giving you my thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the binging report. And that was supposed to premiere in August on Disney+, Plus, but thanks to the pandemic, it got shut down halfway through filming, so we still gotta wait for that show to come. But we still got some Marvel Cinematic Universe film this past week, especially when it comes to their TV shows that are going to be coming to Disney+. Plus. We got ourselves a She-Hulk! Uh, Tatiana Maslany, the Canadian actress who is the star of the cult classic sci-fi series Orphan Black, she has signed on to play Jennifer Walters slash the She-Hulk. Orphan Black, that's another classic sci-fi show I really want to binge someday, and it's high up there on my streaming list, so I'm totally going to get to it someday, I promise. But yeah, for those who don't know the comics, Jennifer Walters is the cousin of Bruce Banner, a very successful high-powered attorney, but when there's an attempt on her life, her, her cousin, Bruce Banner, has to do the first aid to save her and gives her a blood transfusion. And when his gamma-mutated blood hits hers, she turns into the She-Hulk. Uh, 
But she's not like a rage monster like the Hulk we know and love. She's a smart Hulk. She keeps her personality and memories of Jennifer Walters when she's in her hulked out form. And she does that to do all kinds of superheroic deeds. Uh, she's been an Avenger. She's been a member of the Fantastic Four. But she really came into her own in the 2000s when people remembered that her day job was as a lawyer. So they started exploring that more often in the comics as she became a defense attorney in many superhero-related lawsuits suits. It'd be neat if they explore that aspect in the TV show and make it a superhero legal drama starring She-Hulk. I know some people are already complaining online that she's too short because I think I read somewhere that she's 5'3 and She-Hulk is supposed to be like 7'6", but dude, she's a Hulk. If it's anything like the movie Hulks, they'll probably be using performance capture animation to bring her to life. I can hardly wait for She-Hulk to premiere as part of Disney Marvel's overall plans for the Disney Plus app. That should be coming along in 2022, so they got lots of time to figure stuff out. And you know me, I will be there for it when it premieres, because I love all this superhero stuff. Anyway, I'm about rambled out, so I think I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, and of course at my official website, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Capps. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Oh, but I'm not going to